our psalm series. And I, I decided the way that I like to approach teaching series is I, I spend time with God and with others discerning what God wants us to, what part of scripture he wants us to be in, and then plan that out at the beginning. And what I often find is that God knows exactly what scriptures we need to be in and, and like what word we need for any given day. And so, you know, I, I thought about, well, should I change the passage for today to, to have something that speaks directly into this moment? And I found actually Psalm 46 does that in an amazing way because I'm, I'm feeling what I need this morning is I need this Psalm of confidence. I don't think we've looked at a Psalm of confidence yet or, there are several throughout the Psalms. Um, and before I read this, um, <clears throat> because it's a Psalm of confidence, I think it's good for us to, to get in touch a little bit more with our confidence levels this morning, uh, just to name those before God. And um, <clears throat> you don't need to put your answers in the, in the chat window or anything about this, but you know, just, just think like on a, on a scale of, of one to 10, where your confidence is in these various things. Like how confident are you that the people you love will stay healthy while the coronavirus is still a threat? Or how confident are you that our economy is going to recover anytime soon? Uh, how confident are you in your job security, in your financial security? Where, where's your confidence level in, in uh, in how you or others will adopt healthy habits once we go back into some kind of normal routine again. Um, how confident are you that as a society, we will progress toward greater racial justice? Um, how confident are you that uh, you're gonna be able to maintain emotional stability in the, in the week ahead? I mean, you name it. I, I think if you're in a similar place as me, you're approaching Psalm 46 feeling pretty low levels of confidence in lots of things. And what's good news that this Psalm is going to deliver to us is that we can direct our confidence toward Yahweh Shabbaoth. That's the name of God in this Psalm, Yahweh Shabbaoth. Translations have it as the Lord Almighty or the Lord of hosts or one of my favorites, the God of angel armies. Uh, we're going to look more at that particular name later. So I want to read the psalm first. Uh, read the whole psalm, and then we'll start breaking it down. <clears throat> all right. So here we all are, Psalm 46. And let's just start with the heading. The heading says, For the director of music of the sons of Korah. These were worship leaders in God's sanctuary. According to Alamoth, which is an unknown musical term, a song. Now, another thing, as I read Psalm 46, you'll notice that there are three sections that end with the word Selah. Selah is one of those really rare words in scriptures that is not translated. It's just transliterated directly from the Hebrew, just like it sounds in the Hebrew, Selah. And it's not translated because we don't have any other example of this word anywhere else outside of scripture. And we don't really know what it means. Uh, there, there are some good educated guesses for what Selah means. Uh, we know that uh, 
that it's a musical or a liturgical term that's meant to guide us as we pray this psalm, as we sing this psalm. Some scholars think that it means something like pause and listen, reflect as the music plays. Others think it means something more like rise or raise your voice. But whatever the case, I love this word because it is inviting our participation and our response to these words of God. So when I get to that word, when, when we're reading Psalm 46, I'm going to pause. And you can either spend a few moments silently reflecting on the words you just heard, or you can raise your voice and say something out loud in response to what God is saying. So when you hear Selah, I'm going to pause, either shout something out or sit quietly and reflect on what God is saying. Here we go. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. This Psalm, Psalm 46, is a powerful confession of confidence and trust in God. In the midst of some pretty confusing, chaotic situations. Um, the context, it's mentioned there's ecological disaster and there's political upheaval. So if you look at verses two and three, you see language of earthquakes and landslides and hurricanes, and, and it can be powerful and relevant to interpret those phrases as metaphors for just the, the, um, the chaos of our own lives. 
and it's powerful to take them literally as well. Um, either way, however you take those phrases, the experience of both ecological disaster and personal chaos makes us long for the creator God who made all things and sustains all things uh, to be our refuge. So, so that's one part of the context. The other part, if you look down at verse six, is this context of political upheaval, uh, kingdoms rising and falling. Or, or to make it more contemporary, you could say the context is social unrest, uh, racial injustice. And, and it makes us long for the sovereign God who rules over all to bring judgment and peace and justice and reconciliation to us and to the whole world. And in the midst of this, of, of the ecological disaster, the political upheaval, the social unrest, the, the personal chaos, this psalm begins with this beautiful, resolute statement of confidence. Look at verse one. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And I think it's good to ask, like, what does that actually mean, right? That God is our refuge and strength and help. And if we stay along the grain of this psalm, how the psalm interprets this, I think it means two primary things. For God to be our refuge, it means that God is present with us and that God is victorious for us. So first, to, to affirm that God is our refuge is to say that God is present with us, that we can truly encounter and experience the, the presence of God in our daily lives, right here, right now, whatever we're going through. Verses four and five talk about this holy place where God dwells, uh, refers to the tabernacle and later the temple in Jerusalem, because for God's people at this time, this place of worship was the, the primary place where God was accessible, where God was near, where God was uh, readily available as an advocate and as a helper. So the sanctuary was this epicenter of God's presence and God's power. And for us, as we read the psalm, while sacred space is still really important, and um, I am longing to be in our shared worship space together soon, God is present to us in an even more amazing way than for the people who prayed the psalm originally. Because when Jesus came as God in the flesh, as the bodily presence of God dwelling among us. He came with a mission to destroy the barrier, the, the, the barrier of sin that keeps us from being present with God all the time. Um, and, and Jesus accomplished that mission through his death and resurrection, and then sent the Spirit, which we're celebrating today on Pentecost, as, as the sign and seal of our salvation and this reconciliation with God that allows us unfettered access and presence with God anytime, anywhere. And so we can affirm in an even more direct way than Psalm 46, the Lord Almighty is with us and we are with him. It's an incredible reality and truth that leads to this powerful personal commitment in verse two. You see this, this commitment that says, we will not fear. That's a result of the presence of God. 
our ability to say that and to live that and to feel that. And if you are struggling with fear and anxiety, which I know many of us are, um, the most important thing that we can do is remember that God is with us. Uh, to remember that by his spirit, God is with us and we are able then to practice the presence of God, as Brother Lawrence once said. And that can be super simple. So let me just mention a few things. Um, one way to practice the presence of God is, is to do these simple centering prayers or breath prayers, which are uh, to simply acknowledge, God, you're here, you're with me, uh, centering myself in that reality. And um, it could be at the beginning of the day, it could be throughout the day. But sometimes um, I, I've experienced that even just spending 30 seconds in a centering prayer in the middle of my day prevents the rest of my day from spiraling into anxiety. It's, that's how powerful it can be. These simple times to recognize that God is with me and that I welcome him into this situation and that God will give me what I need. So that's one practice. Another, another one of my favorite ways of practicing the presence of God is to meditate for a few minutes on God's word. Which, uh, through which God continues to speak to us by his spirit today and, and be present to us in that way. So 242 Live has been a great example of this, but also it could be something as simple as looking at this passage taped to your mirror for a couple seconds in the morning or reading a psalm in the middle of the day or as you, you wind down for the day. These uh, simple daily practices are so critical in building our awareness of God's presence, and are therefore a powerful weapon against the enemy of fear. So that's the first amazing thing that we learned from Psalm 46, that God is our refuge because he's present with us. But then it's also telling us that God is our, our refuge because he is victorious for us, which is uh, the theme down in verse 9, this idea that God is making wars cease. He is destroying weapons of war, and he brings peace over the earth and over our lives. Now, when the psalm was written, all of that was meant literally, uh, in the sense that God had established the, the socio-political kingdom of David and Solomon and, and the kingdom, and he had given them victory over their enemies, and, and, and uh, they had this reign of peace. But later, after the kingdom was destroyed and God's people went into exile, the prophets began speaking of a Messiah king who would bring a different kind of kingdom and a different kind of victory and peace in the world, which would include a final victory over the battle with sin and evil. And so in that sense, Psalm 46 predicts the salvation accomplished by Jesus, our Messiah, which, which wasn't a military victory or, or, or a political salvation, per se, but a victory over death itself and, and, and salvation for the whole world. And that salvation begins when we repent and we believe in Jesus and are reconciled to God, and then it will be complete in a real literal sense when Jesus returns to make all things new and peace, all wars do cease and peace does cover the entire earth. And so it's, it's um, this beautiful to pause for a moment and consider 
that Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, is Yahweh Shabbaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord Almighty. This, this name that's repeated in verses 7 and 11, uh, he is the one who has won that ultimate battle over sin and evil and death, and he offers you and I peace with God and the presence of God and victory with God now and forever. Uh, we know this beautiful verse in 1 Corinthians 15 where Paul writes, you know, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God for he gives us what? He gives us victory. Yahweh Shabbat, Jesus the Christ, the Lord Almighty, gives us victory over sin and death. And if God has won this battle for us in Christ, if that's ours now and forever, then one of the most fitting responses to that is simply to be still. Be still and know that God is God and we are not. Um, that's the instruction in verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. Other translations say, relax and know that I am the only God. Calm down and learn how I am God. All that to say, sometimes we need to stop in order to recognize who God really is, who we really are, what story that we're a part of, to recognize that the battle is God's to win. Um, and even though our action matters, um, and, and the Spirit actually works through our action to restore the world, the first step in our journey of following Jesus uh, really our first step every day, every moment is to stop and be still and, and to uh, allow God to work in and through us to accomplish his purposes. Uh, because without the spirit of God living in and among us, we would be lost. We would be lost. We would have no hope in this world. We would have no ability to, um, to take the next step in this story but we have the spirit. And, and so even today, whatever is before you today, whether you are gonna head into Uptown for the march, or you're gonna do a walk in your neighborhood, or you're just gonna rest today, um, there, there is power in recognizing that we need to do so with stillness and with humility and awe and reverence for the God who sacrificed himself for us to win the victory for us. Uh, and, and who has sent his spirit to be by our side forever. Um, what an amazing story that we're a part of. What an amazing God uh, who is with us and who has won the victory for us. Uh, and we're going to celebrate that in song in just a moment. Our, actually, the band recorded uh, the music this week in the arena, which is super exciting. It's nice to see our space and to see uh, music in there again. Um, but there's not going to be any lyrics on the screen uh, for this time of, of music and singing. So if you go to the email, you can access the email um, and there are lyrics provided there. There's a lyric sheet that you can pull up on your phone or download and that'll enable, enable you to uh, sing along. So I'm going to share my screen in just a minute before I do. Just going to close us in prayer um, and address you directly, God, by saying thank you. Thank you that we are not alone. 
that you see us and you love us. And today we celebrate the sending of your spirit so that your presence is, is with us in a reconciling way, in a peaceful way, in an in a empowering way, in a gifting way. Um, and God, we would be lost without it. And so we, we worship you this morning. We acknowledge uh, that everything good comes from you and we need you. Um, may you give us an awareness of the victory that we have in Christ. May that uh, motivate us today. May it give us joy. Uh, may it empower our action. And God, may you be good to us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>